0: Just a few more weeks of high school football this fall. Welcome to the Under the Lights podcast. I am Kyle Parmley, the sports editor at Starnes Media, joined by Gary Lloyd. Gary, it's uh, really coming down to the end here, but man, the last few weeks we have really enjoyed some fantastic playoff football.
1: Yeah, it's been
0: really exciting.
1: This is the most fun part of the year, and uh, just hate that it's coming to an end soon.
0: Yeah, it uh, definitely is because uh, in the playoffs, Class 7A already has the state championship decided. Uh, classes 1A through 6A have got one more week of semifinals before we know who is going to represent their classes in the Super 7 championships. Uh, so if you've been following along, you know that we have three, we had three teams left last week in our Under the Lights umbrella. Uh, and let's start with the two 6A games that involve those teams. Uh, Mountain Brook. Host undefeated Hartzell and beats them 49-30. to 30. Uh, What an offensive performance from the Spartans. Uh, Cole Gamble, the running back, 276 yards and four touchdowns. Gary's starting the campaign. Cole Gamble for Heisman. Uh, just another unbelievable performance by Cole. Um, and then it extends beyond him. O-line, fantastic, opening up the holes. Quarterback John Colvin, a perfect 12-for-12 12 12 passing. Can't do much better than that. On the defensive side of the ball, the points are a little bit misleading. If you talk to uh, the coaching staff, they they really feel like they play pretty well against a, a good Hartzell team. Uh, Mac Palmer recovers a fumble in that game. And look, that defense just needed to hold fast because that offense was on fire, wasn't going to be stopped. Gary, you were there on Friday night. What did you see? Uh, I saw a lot of points
1: in not much time. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mountain Brook scores on the second play from scrimmage. Uh, Cole Gamble, who you mentioned, you know, he goes. I think it was fifty-three yards to the house on the on the second play of the game, and. You know, I, I wasn't standing on the Hartzell sideline, but I feel like maybe there was a, a little bit of shell shock, you know, that that quickly just – because, I mean, he hit one little hole and he was down the sideline and it, he was gone. I mean, it was – he was dust. And uh, there was a lot of that from Cole Gamble, as you mentioned, you know, 270-some-odd yards, four more touchdowns. And they just the, – the offense executed just incredibly well. You know, Coach Chris Yeager, you know, talked to me after the game about – you know, they made a lot of, of checks throughout the game, you know, at the line of scrimmage. And he said, they were basically perfect on those. It was just a very, very well executed offensive game. They, they had 10 drives, I think scored touchdowns on seven of them. The other three are running out the clock in the first half. Uh, they did turn the ball over late and then taking the knee. And that mean that was it. So they're pretty much perfect, as perfect as you can be this time of year on offense. And, yeah, the defense, you know, Hartzell's a really good offensive team. They have been all year. They averaged 42 a game. They're 12-0. and 0. They got there somehow. So, 30 points, if you're a Mountain Brook fan, looks like, oh, what you know, what happened with that defense? But, you know, seven of those points are late. You, you've put in some other guys, that kind of thing, some youngsters. And then, you know, you're only giving up three touchdowns to a team that's averaging six touchdowns a game so you've very much held them in check held them fast like you said so uh just another another quality win for mountain brook and you know standing on that sideline those guys seem really confident and not not in any kind of way that could be perceived as arrogant they just they seem so confident in what they do so sound in all three phases They, they rarely make mistakes and uh you know there, there's no – I mean, that's, that's the reason why they're here. You know, there's four teams left. And when you play that well week in and week out, you're destined to be one of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great thing is Chris Yeager is joining us later on in the show tonight. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like why I told you, like I wanted to be at this game uh, because I knew that it was going to be a really – like just a, a physical football game. And when you hear 49-30, you don't really – Associate that with physical football, you that's a lot of points for that kind of game. But it just seems like that was a game between two teams that really they play football the right way. They they start with the fundamentals and, and they 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 just play really sound.
1: Yeah. And I mean for Hartsel, they, they had this kid, uh Eli Tidwell, number 17. He was he was just a daggum good football player. I mean, he he'd take a handoff if he needed to. He caught, I think, 11 or 12 passes in the game for 150 yards or something like that. Uh, They've got a couple of of brothers, that a wide receiver and a running back, the Fletcher brothers, who are really, really good. They both made big plays in the game. Um, So, you know, a a lot of really good players for Hartzell on that offensive side. Their quarterback is a dual-threat guy. He could run it. He's patient. Uh, He made some really good throws when he needed to against a tough defense. So, yeah, the score might be not quite what we expected, but uh, just a really good win, and uh, we'll see what Mountain Brook does going forward.
0: Yep, it's uh, it'll be Mountain Brook's third straight appearance in the Class 6A semifinals. Uh, so we will get you set up for their semifinal game later on. Uh, let's, start, let's talk about the other 6A game, uh, just a wild one. Sarah Land outlasts Homewood 57-56 to in overtime. There's a lot to a lot to unpack here in this game. For starters, Sarah Land jumps out twenty-seven to nothing in the first quarter of this ball game. And at that point, keeping up with it, I was like, "All right, well, I probably won't have to worry about this one very much tonight." And then Homewood just starts chipping away. Sarah Land kept on scoring. Don't get me wrong, but Homewood started chipping away. And then at the end of regulation, quarterback Woods Ray hits Jackson Paris on a forty-one yard hail mary to force overtime with the score tied at 50 to, I mean, just to cap off an unbelievable comeback. Wow. Sarah Lane gets the ball first in overtime. The Spartans score to go up seven. Homewood gets the ball. They match the touchdown, and they decide to go for two to put the game on this one play. And on the two-point conversion play, Woods Ray drops back to pass, can't find anything, uh, scrambles, and is marked an, – few inches short of the goal line, maybe. I've seen a few videos of this, and you just really can't tell from the angles. Um, Homewood people are going to tell you he was definitely in. Sarah Lynn people are going to tell you he definitely wasn't in. Um, But you hate that Homewood season ends in the quarterfinals like this. But the sentiment I've heard from all the Homewood community from ben Bergeson after this game is just one of pride at how that team got itself up off the mat after being down 27-0 against a really really good team in Saraland that could win state and they just they kept they kept fighting and they almost pulled off a miracle comeback.
1: Yeah I mean just what an absolutely gutsy performance and you know I mean down 27-0 after one quarter I think it was 37 to 14 at halftime. You know, I remember I remember texting you Friday night, said, "Hey, my my game story's in," and I think you said something to the effect of, "Like, hang on, I'm I'm watching this Homewood game right now. I'll get I'll get to it in a minute." And I was like, "What? Like, I because i had seen it was 27-0, and you know, then I'm obviously keeping up with my game, writing my story and stuff, so I didn't get to really pay attention. I'm like, "What do you mean?" And about the time I got to it, it was 50 to 50, and it was just like oh, my gosh, these kids have so much fight. And, you know, like we have to be surprised at a game like that. I mean, that's a generational kind of playoff game. But in in a weird way, we shouldn't really be surprised because we've seen that Homewood team have a flair for the dramatic all year and play a lot of really close games. You just didn't quite think that any team, Homewood or anybody else, down 37-14 at the half at Sarah Land, could come back and come up depending on who you ask in an inch or two away from winning or losing that game in overtime. So, you know, you you hate to come up on the, on the losing side of it. I hate it for those kids. Uh, I especially hate it for those seniors, but I mean, just what a performance, you know, they'll look back in however many years and they'll wish they would have won, but they're going to take lessons from that game that, that that certainly extend beyond the football field. So just an incredible season for Homewood and an incredible
0: effort at Sarah Land. Absolutely. And hey, let me let me just run through some of these mind-boggling stats from this game. <laughs> Homewood quarterback Woods Ray, 36 of 52, 326 yards passing, five touchdowns. He added 159 rushing yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Seven total touchdowns for Woods. His top target was Jackson Paris, 16 grabs, 166 yards. Three touchdowns, just unbelievable stuff. And then on the other, other side, we talked about him a little bit last week. Uh Sarah Lands Ryan Williams, who's an Alabama commit. This guy, 159 rushing yards and two touchdowns, 10 receptions for 160 yards. I mean, just unbelievable stuff in this ball game. And like you mentioned, just I don't, I don't know. Like that when you've got a, a player like that. In Ryan Williams, and you then Sarah Lane jumps out of this lead for Homewood to be able to hang in there and to just mm-hmm. keep keep chipping away and and finding a way to get back in that ballgame was truly impressive. So a 10 and three season in the books for the Patriots, just uh I mean, a, a great job by Ben Burgesson and his staff. That caps off a tremendous career for Woods Ray and the rest of that senior class. They uh they have nothing to hang their heads about, that's for sure. Nothing. All right, so the surprise of the evening uh, probably came into class 7A. Thompson and Hoover meet in the semifinals for the sixth straight year, but this one got out of hand quick. Thompson wins 40-10. to The Warriors will go to the state championship game for the fifth straight year. They've won the last three state titles. Um, in the regular season matchup, this was a 9-0 Hoover win, and this game last Friday was the furthest thing from that. It was seventeen nothing pretty quick in the second quarter. Hoover turned the ball over five or six times. Just not the Bucks' night. Uh, the Thompson defense gave freshman quarterback Noah shoeback fits. They but the Bucks went to senior Brewer Smith in the second half. Uh, he because he's just recently back from injury, um, and it was just too little, too late at that point. Um, just you hate it because Hoover had run off. Was eleven straight wins after a season-opening loss to Auburn, and it just really put together a tremendous season. Fall through a lot of things that most teams wouldn't be able to overcome, and uh, you hate to see it end on a sour note like that. Um, but yeah, that Thompson team—they were rearing to go on Friday night, and they did not—they uh, did not disappoint.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been, you know, so much talk about that game, and rightfully so. I mean, we've been talking about it for over half a decade now. Um, year in and year out, and, you know, Thompson, it's like they, you know, I wasn't there, you were, but it's almost like they came in with a mindset of, Hey, we're, we're still the Kings around here. You know, this, this thing goes through us and they proved it. I mean, Hoover gets held to, what would you have negative two rushing yards? Minus
0: two rushing yards. for I Hoover mean,
1: negative two rushing yards. They get a safety, four interceptions. I don't care how good your offense is playing, was playing, has been all year, any of that you're not going to come back from that. And so, like you said, it was just over quick and yeah, that that's tough, but you know, the, it's amazing that, that Hoover has, I mean, it's not like, uh, it's, it's not like Hoover struggles for talent or, you know, yeah. you know, depth or anything. They're an incredible program and, and have been for a really long time. But if you know, you lose your season opener, you obviously go out here and it's nothing but wins sandwiched in between in you know, a first year head coach, you know, Wade Waldrup coming coming back down here from the north. You've battled injuries all year, you know, that kind of thing. That's still an amazing season, you know, kind of like Homewood in a way. You'll look back and wish you would have won the game, that you would have played a little bit better. But there's a lot of positives to take away from that, even if you're a senior, you know, there, there's a lot of good from this season. And I mean, let's face it, they're Hoover. They're, they're probably going
0: to be right back in this position with a chance again next year. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and you mentioned the minus two rushing yards for Hoover. This, that's one thing if it's like a Mike Leach offense. This is a Hoover offense that made all of its hay running the ball this year. They had three guys that out of the backfield that had incredible seasons. Amari Williams and Lemarian McCammon came in and had a great year. And even Kamal Emerson towards the end of things, he was playing great. And for them to just get completely shut down. And then on the other side, Thompson, the last several years, has been a team that loves to throw the ball, spread it around, get the guys out on the edge in space. And they finally committed to running the football with A.J. Green and Michael Dujon. And that was a great call by head coach Mark Freeman because they piled up. I have them at 256 rushing yards on the night. So um, just a – I mean, a great performance from Thompson, one that we really haven't seen this year. They've been on the on the, on the the brink of losing some of these region games that have not been close in recent years. And uh, they really – they flex that three-time defending champ muscle. Yeah,
1: and I mean, kudos to Mark Freeman and, and that offensive staff for that game plan, too. Because, like you said, I mean, we've talked about it a lot this year. You know, like that identity and some of the offensive struggles Thompson's had at times and, and that kind of thing. But it seems like that game plan, you know, whatever they drew up, you know, commit to the run and they did it. I mean, you know, Trent Seaborn, the eighth grader, he completes, I think, 11 passes only for 60 some odd yards. But they didn't they didn't have to put the game in his hands to win or lose down the stretch with it with a young QB. And the running game worked. The defense (laughs) was otherworldly and it was enough to. Not just win the game, but win the game going the way. So, you know, if I'm if I'm Auburn in that state title game, you know, it's it's all hands on deck against
0: a team that's playing like that. You've got it. So, those are the three games that we covered last week. Only one remains, and that's Mountain Brook. Uh, so, with that being said, Gary, what's kind of your big takeaway from seven uh, a semi, six a quarterfinal week?
1: That's my takeaway. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. uh, no, Yeah, it's cold Gamble. I mean, not for Heisman, obviously. It's just a joke. However, I could make bank with this. If I set up a couple of folding tables on Bethune Drive, you know, week after next or something, you know, after, you know, once kids are back in school have a bunch of different sizes I could I, I could fund a lot of things with that absolutely I mean, I mean it's got the 19 it's beautiful great great it's so great no but I mean just just seeing him you know I saw him in the in the season opener when we were out at uh Vestavia haven't seen him since just seen highlights from afar you know read game stories heard about him that kind of thing but seeing it in person the other night was just it, it, it was incredible you know I mean he he goes for 276 yards four touchdowns and he's a big running back you know but he is so fast I asked coach Yeager that after the game I said if you had a guy in all these years and I mentioned Harold Joyner by name because I remember covering Harold that was one of the best running backs around went to Auburn I was like is there any comparison there what what are they like and coach was very quick you know my my question was very specifically about the speed. So let's just put that there. And he, he just very quickly said he he said Cole's faster. He said he, he's one of the fastest kids, especially at that position, at that size that he that he's ever had. Wow. And you know, and there's still some patience with that. He he just all he needs is that sliver and he's gone. I asked him about it after the game. I said, you know, when that ball touches your fingertips you know, regardless of the situation in the game. So what's your mindset? He just, as probably quicker than, than Coach Yeager responded to me, he said, end zone, that's it, end zone. Said simple as that? He said, yep, that, that's where my mind goes, end zone, trying to score every touch. And, man, if he hadn't almost done it here in these playoffs, right. you know, yeah. I, I, you know, a guy that's gone for 780 yards and 12 touchdowns this year, uh, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That's just three games in the playoffs. Seven hundred and eighty wow, yards and twelve great. touchdowns, and I mean that's against that's against Benson Valley, that's against Gaston City, and that's against Hartsel. You know, it's it's not against you know lesser competition. I mean, those are playoff games against six eight playoff teams. Right. Uh, so just just watching a guy like that, that it seems like, and he's got another year. You know, this is one of the one of the most impressive. Uh, individual running backs that I've seen in the last few years you know and, and you know you can't mention him or, or his accolades or, or stats or anything like that without also mentioning that offensive line and just you know how sound they are we've talked about that so much but you know they they just they play really well together there's a cohesion there that that's just unrivaled so my takeaway is just just how impressed I was with Cole Gamble. I talked to him after the game, spoke to a couple of his family members who were standing nearby. So uh, you know, I've talked about him a lot. So I just wanted to make him my takeaway this week because I was just that impressed Friday
0: night. Yeah. No, definitely worthy of that. Um it, since you took the the obvious highlight, um, I'll I'll tell you about um just, you know, we mentioned it earlier, but the fight from homewood, uh, I'll be honest, like I didn't give them much of a chance. Uh, Just in my in my head, I just assumed, okay, Homewood's going to go down to Sarahland and play a really good football team, and if they can hold them, you know, if they can hold it under twenty, I'll say, hey, great effort. Um, And they did so much more than that. They put on a a game that will be talked about in Homewood for a long, long time. Uh, There's not many games that you come out on the losing end, and feel a sense of just like, wow, that was awesome. And you, cause usually after a team loses its playoff, its last playoff game or whatever, like just from a reporter standpoint, like in the days following, like, you don't really want to talk to that coach. You don't want to like rub salt in the wound. You want to be like, okay, he needs some space. Let him decompress right. a little bit. But just right after the game, Ben Bergeson was, was talking to Josh Gleason who reported that game for us and um, was just saying some some great stuff about the game and just how much fun it was to be a part of that um, and then in the on Saturday I texted coach and was just kind of asking him about all of that and um, we exchanged a few messages about how cool it was to to see what they were able to do so uh, just hats off to home one that was really cool um, it speaks to the kind of program that, that they have over there that uh, they were able to to withstand the the storm and, and make a great game out of it. And, and to, even in a loss, have a game that, that you'll be talking about for a long time.
1: It's a good takeaway.
0: All right. So now that we're, you know, deep in the playoffs, there's a few other scores that impact the teams around us. Uh, in 7A, we mentioned Thompson going to the state championship game. They are going to take on Auburn who beat central Phoenix city, 14 to 13 Auburn scored late in that game to take that that one-point win. Uh, sounded like a phenomenal game down there. Um, in 6A, Theodore beats St. Paul's 28-0. Theodore is going to play Sarah Land now in the semifinals. And Muscle Shoals beats Gardendale 38-7. to Really impressive performance by Muscle Shoals there. That's who the Spartans are going to play next. And then we told you about a couple 5A games last week. Pleasant Grove beats ARAB 41-38. to uh, Arab really came back in the second half to make that a game. And Ramsey overtakes leads with a second-half comeback, 26-19. Pleasant Grove and Ramsey will now face off in the semifinals in 5A. So those are some other scores from around the area. Mountain Brook head coach Chris Yeager joining us now on the Under the Lights podcast. Uh, coach, coming off a 49-30 win over Hartsell in the quarterfinals, you've got to be uh, excited about the run you, your team's been on here lately, huh?
2: I am excited. You know, the goal is to get to practice on Thanksgiving. We always talk about that. So uh we have a father-son breakfast that morning, all the dads get to come out, and so it's a special day, but we always love and always talk about getting to practice on Thanksgiving. So hey, uh reach that goal. Absolutely. What's on the
1: uh what what's on the father-son menu on Thanksgiving? I mean, this is three years in a row now, you gotta have a good menu.
2: I tell them to keep it simple. You know, I say coffee, you know, maybe chicken biscuits, whatever, but they always they just want up it every year. You know, there's no telling what we'll have this year, but it's uh <laughs> it's always uh they do a great job. The dads are basically do the serving too, uh, and sort of coordinate it with the moms. You know, they're getting ready for Thanksgiving meal. So the dads take care of everything. And uh so anyway, you know, it's pretty neat.
0: Cool. No, it is cool. Well, so l- let's go back to last Friday. Uh a high scoring game, I mean, against two teams mountain brick and hearts love to love to be physical and, and play a line of scrimmage game. But uh, I mean, there were some offensive fireworks in that game. Just kind of what are your overall thoughts on on what happened last week?
2: We knew that they were very, very capable, uh, you know, of, of scoring. We knew that, you know, uh, I mean, they've just been uh, running up and down the field this year. So, you know, we really wanted to be able to hold on to the ball on offense and keep and rest our defense a little bit. But, you know, we had some explosive plays. And so uh, I think our first drive was two plays. And so that went out the window. And so they were, you know, on the field quite a bit the first half. Uh, And so, but anyway, uh, I felt like they had some very timely plays. You know, we had a turnover uh, in the second half that was boys crucial uh, that we were able to get. And then, uh, you know, Cole Gamble did a great job again running. You know, I mean, he uh, uh, runs extremely hard and he just uh, he's a, he's got an incredible processor. He processes plays quickly and they can there can be the smallest hole and he just finds it. You know, he's just really good at that. And then uh, John Cobb did a great job of, uh, you know, hitting open receivers and the play action pass. You know, I mean, they, they brought safeties down into the box and and uh, and it sort of dictated what we would do. So you know we had to throw it to to loosen them up a little bit.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a really well executed offensive game. O- on the other side, we, we kind of touched about touched on it a little bit after the game. But the the defense, I, I don't know what film you've gone back and looked at or anything like that. But w- what did you see? You know, allowing thirty points, and obviously Hartsel has been a really good team all year, averaging forty two a game. But what what kind of opportunities for improvement? Uh, have you seen, you know, going into this next week?
2: Well, you know, uh, seven of the points came, uh, you know, we'd made some subs and stuff like that. So, you know, they scored 23-point legitimate points on our on our defense. And so, you know, um, the big thing we've got to do, you know, is we've got to – the thing that we did last year, and I think that the thing that we've done this year when we've been successful is, you know, we, we, we pursue the ball and we tackle in packs. When that thing gets stretched out, you know, over a long line, there's seams up there that they can find and there's there seems in any defense. And so any defense that arrives, you know, 11 guys uh, swarming to the ball, uh, you've got a chance. You know, we've we've had, you know, just a, it's part of it's growing pains and part of it's playing a really good offense. But, you know, some misfits and stuff and they have some, you know, something to do with that. They, they had a really good offensive line, uh, great receiver, uh, great running back and a, and, and a quarterback that's able to run and throw that's tough to defend I mean you know when you go into that that is a formula right there that to score some points but you know I felt like our defense played well you know there's some areas for improvement but there's areas for improvement on both sides of the ball but mm-hmm. um, you know going into the game and somebody said you know you got to hold them to three scores um, that would probably be a little bit high on our on our you know on our radar but uh yeah. anyway from what we're used to I guess but anyway I do feel like the defense played it a good game
1: yeah and especially against uh, that kid you mentioned uh i think his name's eli tidwell number 17 that kid is just an awesome football player just seemed like to do like he, he'll do whatever the coaches over there at hearts will last he was a really good player
2: yeah and you had the the fletcher brothers you know this is the first time i've ever coached in a game the fletcher brothers um I played with their granddad. Now I'm used to saying I played with their dad. But when you say <laughs> I played with their granddad, I'm really starting to feel old now. Oh, but anyway, man. I played with their granddad. I think it's uh, Lawson Fletcher that's at UNA. Oh, but anyway, good, great athletes. Their granddad was yeah. an incredible athlete too. So anyway, good, good group of players, and had a good football team, a good offense. For sure. Yeah. Well, coach, let's
0: let's move ahead to to this week ahead. Uh, making the long trip to Muscle Shoals last time y'all had a super long trip uh, down to uh, Mobile. Y'all did pretty well that night against Baker. So, um, what kind of game are you looking looking forward to seeing this week? What kind of team does Muscle Shoals have? What kind of challenges will they present?
2: Well, that's a great question, Kyle. You know, when we looked at when we looked at Muscle Shoals, we uh, our excuse me, hearts we knew that their strength was on offense. This week, it's going to flip. I mean, they, this group they've got a their strength is really defense. You know, they've got um, you know, two years ago, we played them down here and, and we won big, but they brought up a group of sophomores down here to play us. And so now all those guys are, are, are grown. And uh, some of these guys have had, you know, three years of experience. There's, uh, of the four starters on the defensive front, three of them played against us in, in 2020. And then there's a, they've got a, a linebacker and a safety that was also, they were both, you know, starters in those games. So they had five sophomores that that game. And so we'd be pl- get to, to play the senior version of those guys on defense. So um, that's where their strength is. I can remember in that game, uh, Coach Bays and the head coach up there, he said, you know, I really don't feel like I'm bringing a great team down there to, to play you. he said, but, you know, I wish I could get you in a couple of years when these guys are older. And so, um, anyway, lo and behold, here we are. You know, he gets oh. his wish.
1: Wow. Man, that's really interesting. Is there any, like – I mean, I ask this a lot, and I guess I, I'll probably know the answer, but is there any – mindset difference when you go on the road in a playoff game versus playing at home? Is there, is the approach the same?
2: You know, we played down in Baker and I was joking with the players. I said, you know, it seems like the further we get from home, the better we play. (laughs) And I said, you know, maybe we need to schedule, uh, you know, some, some games really, really far away. So we've played well on the the two losses that we've had this year have been at home. You know, and I've asked, I said, are we getting away from distractions? I mean, what's going on, but we have really, really, really played well on the road this year. And, uh, you know, to get to play in this game, I think the guys, you know, where you're playing, I, don't, I really don't think they they care. You know, your routine's upset a little bit, but it being the week that, uh, you know, we've got a holiday during the week, so it's going to be disrupted anyway. So uh, we, we get on, we get to get on a bus and make a two-hour uh, ride and, and then uh, line up and play. So I don't think playing away will be as disruptive to our routine as it, as it normally would.
1: Yeah. Speaking of those, uh, you know, little disruptions, you know, distractions, what, whatever you want to call them, this is the third year in a row that you've got it this week. When do you decorate for Christmas?
2: You know, uh, that's a great, great question. Uh, I don't even, you know, I haven't blown any leaves up in my yard yet. Uh, I, my grass, I stopped cutting my grass, uh, August one. So it looks like a jungle. Yeah. Um, I think the the homeowners association is going to come after me, but anyway, Christmas is way down the, way down on the list right now. But I, I you know, if I get a Christmas a Christmas wish, I know what I'd be wishing for. But anyway, uh, I, I wish our guys had played really really well. So yeah, that's anyway, right. Uh, that's right. But anyway, well, we not any- have a lot of a lot of time to decorate.
1: Well, since Kyle already mentioned that he'll be making the trek up there, and I'll I'll be stuck down here in Birmingham, any black Friday shopping you need. I'm your guy Friday coach. <laughs> <That's> right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, coach, uh, last thing, just kind of tell me the, uh, Gary touched on the mindset, but three straight years in the semifinals, does that, does that give a lot of guys some, some confidence? Like, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of these guys that are playing in their first semifinal game necessarily, but you know, your program has built a culture the last
2: few years of, Hey, we're used to being at this stage. Um, you know, I think this is what I think it does, you know, when it, I I think that, you know, there's this thing about familiarity breeds contempt, you know, but I think familiarity in this situation, it brings, it brings comfort because we're, you know, we do know the players already know the, the, the routine for this week and the schedule for this week. Um, you know, we, to be honest with you, the last two years we have not played as, as well, We've been playing really, really well, and then we get in this game and didn't play quite as well, and so we got to look in a little bit. Okay, what has our routine been at, is is in relationship to the school? So, like on Wednesday, we're not in school. Well, we're going to come in in the morning, watch film, walk through, and then in the afternoon we'll practice, which is more like, you know, that's more like a normal day for us. And so, trying to keep the routine as close as possible. But I do, you know, um, I think being in that thing, you know, I think. You know it's just like people talk about being in any kind of championship game. There's so many things that go on around the game that you just have to ignore and you have to train your mind to ignore that really don't matter. It doesn't matter uh what it is, and I think the other thing too is you know uh we've been here, the community you know it's it's not like you know the community sometimes they can really get hyped up and stuff you know, and so I think there's a uh a comfort level for them as well. Good deal. Well, coach, I know I'm really looking forward to being up there uh,
0: with you on Friday night. Hopefully it won't be as cold as it has been the last few days. Uh, But um, yeah, well, like you said, you're playing after Thanksgiving, you've done
2: something right. Well, I feel like it. So we're, we're really thrilled and thankful. We've got a lot to be thankful for this Thanksgiving season, Uh, but to be together and sharing this holiday together with with the players that you love and the coach you love is really special. And so, we've been really blessed this year and got a lot, a lot, a lot to have gratitude for.
0: Absolutely. Well, that is Brook head coach Chris Yeager joining us on the under the lights podcast. They've got muscle shoals this week in the six, a semifinals should be a good one coach. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks coach. All right. Uh, it's really cool to speak to coach Yeager there. Uh, so Gary, let's, let's talk about, let's break down this Brook muscle shoals game a little bit more um we mentioned third straight year in the semis for the spartans this is a, a team a program these players weren't alive the last time mountain brook got to a state championship i believe it was 1996 uh so would be really cool if they were able to make that happen uh, they're playing a muscle shoals team that makes the playoffs every single year they were the 5a runner-up in 2013 but i don't believe muscle shoals has ever won a state championship in its program's history so um Coach Yeager mentioned Muscle Shoals' defense. If you look, just broad brush, scores in the regular season, Muscle Shoals' defense looks okay. But in the playoffs, they've allowed seven points, six points, seven points. Uh, so I think Mountain Brook is going to have its work cut out for them on Friday night. Yeah, one of those teams that – I mean, they've they've done it all year. I think they've only got
1: the, the one loss all year. But, yeah, it really seems to be – Ratcheting it up a notch, yeah. you know this this time of year in November. So yeah, Mountain Brook's absolutely going to have its hands full on on both sides. So we'll uh, we we'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, like you mentioned, these teams met a couple of years ago. Coach Yeager talked about that a little bit. You know that game got a little out of hand for Muscle Shoals down here at Mountain Brook and Strother Gibbs. I remember he, he did a lot in that game for Mountain Brook. That was a, that was a really big, really big win for the Spartans. So now they've got to, like Coach Shager said, they've got to turn around now and go visit some of those guys that, that they beat a couple of years ago and play in their building. And uh, I mean, obvious, this is so obvious, a lot on the line for both teams, a state championship appearance, but you know, like you said, Muscle Shoals has, has never won one. Mountain Brook's been knocking on that door for a couple of years to try to get back to that state championship. Um, So I think this is just going to be an incredibly hard-fought trench warfare, just physical running football game. Uh, You know, Muscle Shoals has a couple of really good – running backs that that have done a lot this year i think uh devin townsend and uh, i think uh i think it's jalen goodwin i think is his name um they they seem to they seem to really carry the load so uh you know stopping that run and you know if your muscle shoals stop cole gamble you know keep keep me from printing these off and uh, well
0: i mean mountain brook's gonna be insulted you just gave away the the game plan
1: uh, i'm just i'm just a high school football <laughs> pundit, you know and well the one, Muscle
0: Souls coaches didn't know that that was coming then uh well they're in <laughs> the wrong line of work whoops
1: yeah no it'll, it'll' it'll be so fun to see two teams that are executing really well on both sides and you know that's that's what you love this time of year regardless of who the teams are it's it's just teams playing really well at the same time with the most on the line and you know may the best team win so Muscle versus Mountain. We'll see which one comes out on top.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to being at that game on Friday night, making the long drive up there to uh, very nearly Tennessee. It's a long way up there, but uh, it'll be a fun trip. I'm really looking forward to to seeing this game. This is, like you said, two teams playing at a high level right now. uh, In that 6A semifinal, the winner of that game will get the winner of Theodore and Sarah Land in the championship game. We do have the 7-8 championship game figured out. We mentioned uh, Thompson will take on Auburn. Fifth straight year in the championship for Thompson. Uh, These two teams met in the 2020 title game. I don't know if you remember this game, Gary. It was one of the wildest endings to a football game I've ever seen in my life. Auburn is celebrating the state championship. Like, they're running out the clock. They're celebrating. And then I just remember a handful of things that had to miraculously go Thompson's way they all went Thompson's way and they end the game on a walk-off field goal to win the title. It was just, I mean, what a night. If you, if if I'm giving any of you guys homework this week, go back and watch the end of that game and you still, you will not believe your eyes.
1: Yeah. I, I don't remember the particulars. I'll have to go back and look at, you know, rewatch some of that fourth quarter or, or read back on it. But I, I do remember you know, things standing out basically Auburn celebrating in a way, or there's their fans at least being like, you know, we've got a title. And all of a sudden that ball goes through the uprights. And it's like, nope, Thompson's got it. So that'll be that'll that'll be fun to see. I'm sure we'll talk about that more as we as we lead up to that date. And you know, these these Thompson seniors looking for you know four state championships in all four years of their high school careers. So that'll be uh that'll be fun to see.
0: Absolutely. All right. So that's all we got for this show. Uh, Thanksgiving coming up this week. Uh, Gary, what is your favorite uh, Thanksgiving dish?
1: I, I, I'm i scared I'll get canceled. I, I'm not a huge Thanksgiving food person.
2: Um,
1: I mean, I, I guess if I had to, I'd, I'd probably say the ham. I like it a little more than turkey. It like turkeys a lit, can be a little dry for me. But if I've got to pick anything, oh, I'm going fried chicken. And I know that's not Thanksgiving food, wow. but that's what I like the most on Thanksgiving. How about you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't have a, a just a thing that I die for. It's a, I'd say dressing. I mean, like well-prepared dressing is fantastic. Um, and then you know, the turkey gets a lot of hate this time of year. <laughs> and I, I agree. If you make dried turkey, it's terrible, but juicy turkey and ham are both phenomenal i mean they're great so oh, you yeah. gotta, you gotta mean,
1: get them prepared right i mean don't don't misunderstand they will both be on the plate <laughs> it's it's just it's just which one i eat more of so
0: as long as you all. don't put cranberry sauce on your plate we don't have a problem that, that is, is the worst
1: thing okay it has to be a staple on the plate but just to be respectful that doesn't mean i have to finish it Oh, boy. I'm kind of with you there on the cranberry sauce.
0: That stuff is terrible. If you like it, I don't understand. But um, anyways, so the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, uh, we will have more playoff football, Mountain Brook heading to Muscle Shoals in the 6A semifinals. We want to thank you all for, for listening and, and watching throughout the season. It's been a lot of fun. We've still got a little bit left to go. Um, but, yes, continue to to like to like this wherever you see it. Share it. Subscribe to it. Uh, we really appreciate you Uh, Gary thanks as always for being with us and we will catch you next week